And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D. It's Stevie D. Welcome back to another season of Official Word Sports. We had a little bit of a hiatus, my friend. Uh, had a rest of vocal cords. You know, you had, you had a rest of the, 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 the vocal cords, right? Absolutely. Had to get that R&R in there. Uh, you know, a lot of people like to say they're spending it with family and friends. Yeah, I was trying to spend it on the golf course. Was not good. <laughs> was not good. So uh, I know where my priorities have to be, but uh, it, it's good to be back behind the microphone. And CBD, it's a new season, right? And, and unlike any seasons past, we have seen just the absolute craziness. This reminds me of some of the other sports, right? Especially baseball. And it's almost like uh, like things have been the, – the whole universe has been shifted, right? Because in baseball, you used to see all of the frenzy signings, right? Guys making astronomical contracts, guys getting traded left and right. And in football, it was very mundane. It was, you know, this is what I have. Maybe you get one big free agent signing. Maybe there would be a trade. But now things are completely different, right? It's awesome. It's <laughs> awesome. Completely different. Hey, there's Dana Brown. Welcome, Dana Brown. How are you? Welcome. But yeah, it's 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 completely different. I mean, we it well, first of all, I do have to get something off my chest. I, I really do. Right. So if we go back a few years, and I've been dying to say this, if we go back a few years. You used to have what was the start of the season in the start of free agency. And at 12 a.m., right, 12 a.m., all of a sudden there was a list of people who were signed. And you're like, you weren't supposed to talk to them. How did you get a deal done, right, in 60 seconds? (laughs) So everybody knew that there was tampering. So – you know, to try to appease everybody and to make everything right, they said, we're going to create a legal tampering period, right? 72 hours is is this time period where you can kind of have conversations, negotiate, what have you, so that at 12.01 at the start of the new season, right. that you'd be able to announce the deals. Well, now at 12.01 of the tampering period, deals are being announced. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. he said... Prior to the 72 hours, there was still tampering going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex Kappa of the Bucks was the first one to defect from Tampa Bay to go to, I forget, he got a three year, $40 million contract from somewhere. But uh, the names escaped me where, where he wound up going. But uh, he was the first domino to fall. Oh, the Bengals. I think he went to the Bengals. That's where he went. Um, so, yeah, it is funny, the legal tampering period, which is. I, I don't think they, you know what, just, just don't even have it. Just let it be. Right. Just let it be. You, you know the off season is going to be the off season, so there should be no tampering. You know people are talking to each other anyway. They're it, talking in the middle of the season, yeah. like <laughs> you know, like week twelve. Like yo, you need to come to this team. You know, we're going to be stacked next year. We'd love to have you, right? And, and then maybe, but that is legal tampering because I don't think it's. I don't. I think a player can still talk to a player. I mean. I'm, I don't sure, think, I'm sure a coach, when they're shaking hands as yeah. they're walking up, hey, dog, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come on through, right? So Put a little business card down there on the side. Hey, that's my phone number in there. Give me a call. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, just interesting the way the season got kicked off. And, you know, there's no other place to start DVD. When we talk about the new season frenzy, 
than what's happening in Cleveland. I mean, that that reverberated all across the NFL sports world, even yeah. just the regular world, right? Because you, you just look at the situation. And it starts with Deshaun Watson. And we have talked about Deshaun Watson, you know, forever, especially, you know, starting when that the whole all the allegations started to break, right? And you had the supposed civil suits, you had the potential of the criminal suits, and then you just had the jostling that was going back and forth, right, between the McNair family, between the legal system, the lawyers, Roger Goodell and the league, and there's Deshaun Watson. And, and I'm not here to defend or, or to prosecute anything from Deshaun, right? Not here to do that. What, what I am here to say is that he lost a year, right? He lost a full year. And, you know, it was almost a tug of war. Is he going to go to Miami? Is he going to go here? Right? Where Where is he going to go? Is he even going to play? Remember, they had their quarterbacks go down throughout the season, right. and, and they, they had this guy who was a Pro Bowl quarterback sitting on the bench getting paid. Well, actually, not sitting on the bench, sitting at home getting right. paid, right, because he was still on the roster. And, you know, you kind of thought that he was tied to Brian Flores, Right, which is a whole other story we need to talk about, right? right? But you thought he was tied to Brian Flores. And then when the ownership from the Dolphins came back and, and Chris Greer was like, nope, we're not taking Deshaun Watson, right? Now he's left in no man's land. And lo and behold, Stevie D, then they convene a grand jury, and the grand jury says, there's no there there, right? There, there's nothing there to be able to prosecute or to hold a case uh, against Deshaun Watson. And really, that was the big win for Watson. So now you know, teams know that, you know, he there's not going to be any type of criminal right. case. Right. Which so now, just opens the door, right, now for the teams just to say, hey, all right, I'm willing to trade. I'll deal with a short NFL suspension if something comes along, but I'm ready to make a deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so then what happens, right? As soon as that happens, I mean, like instantly. Now, the way the way the events unfolded was a little crazy as well, right? Because there's a there's another person involved in this, right? A former 2018 draft pick, number one overall, right? Progressive spokesman, right? <laughs> and here he is, right? And, you know, I I really want to say Cleveland did him wrong. I, you know, I, I'm not, Baker's not the worst quarterback in the league by far, right? No, if, if you look at, I mean, he's had what, four years in the league, um, two, eh, one very good season, and the 2020 season wasn't awful, and he was hurt. Exactly. I mean, it wasn't awful. His no, 17 touchdowns, 13 picks, 3,000 yards, and you missed a bunch of games. Okay, the picks were a little bit high, but he wasn't, he wasn't terrible, terrible. I mean, 17 and 13 is not terrible compared to, you know, that's an above-average quarterback. Yeah, I think he would have told you he underplayed. But in the end, he played hurt. He tried to get through it. And you're right. I, I do think they gave up on him. But if I had a chance to get Deshaun Watson over Baker Mayfield, yeah, I, I'm going to do that upgrade. But, but I, don't, I don't think you knew that at that time. because No, you didn't know that who, at that time. Who were your players? Your players in the game, Atlanta, right, which, you know, I really thought – well, personally, I thought I thought Minnesota would have been a great fit. Get rid of Cousins, get rid of that albatross of a contract, right? And you bring in a guy who's a winner, right? Not 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 a guy who just screams in the tunnel, you know, that I'm a winner. 
But I thought Minnesota was the place. But then, you had, again, you had Atlanta, you had Carolina, you had the Saints. So you had all these teams really that were jumping to the top of the list of where they thought that Deshaun was going to go. All of a sudden, here come the Cleveland Browns. Now, it, in, the, in, in, the, in the middle of that, you have Baker and the Browns brass getting kind of into a little cat fight. Right. And and again, I don't think it was deserved. Right. I'm not a Mayfield fan, but I don't think it was deserved. Here's a guy I thought that it was played bizarre. hurt for you. Yes. Um, I thought it was bizarre. Even the worst case scenario, I thought it was bizarre when they say we need an adult at quarterback. Because if now they pulled off the trade, but at that point you didn't know it. Why would you publicly do that to him when you know you would have to trade him? Because now you're hurting that value. It was bizarre that that, that sequence of events of calling out the quarterback when um, when you you weren't even close to a deal at that time. That's right. That's right. Because I don't I don't think he goes to Cleveland if Atlanta doesn't screw it up. No, no. C- Cleveland put themselves in a corner. They backed themselves into a corner with that exact quote that you mentioned, right? Because from everything that we've read, everything we heard, it really was a foregone conclusion. Matt, you had Matt Ryan had redone his deal. Yes. Right. And well, deferred deferred seven and a half million dollars like five days later, so they could work out that that deal with Watson and give them enough time where they're not have that money on the payroll and then ship them out to somewhere else. Exactly. It, that's exactly so that that happened, right? And now Cleveland, because they they kind of put their foot in their mouth, right? <laughs> and and they over overstep. And then Baker makes the the statement, you know, thank you, Cleveland fans. I took you to the playoffs, all of that. Now all of a sudden you realize we're in trouble. You know, we have the pieces, we have Hunt, we have Chubb, right? They you know, obviously the trade for OBJ, but uh you let Landry go, right? But you, they still have a good, formidable team there. And, and now what do you do, right? Quarterbacks are, are moving around, and we'll talk about that. Quarterbacks are moving around. What do you do? They had to up the ante of this contract to something that the NFL has never seen before. And that itself is why Watson okayed the trade to Cleveland. Fully yes. guaranteed, Stevie D. Fully yeah, guaranteed. Sure. Right. But I don't think they get to that point. I think he's in Atlanta if the language in the contract states uh, when it came to if the NFL were to suspend him, there was language in the contract that does not favor Deshaun Watson. And I think that's why he pulled back and allowed more time to come by to allow Cleveland back into the mix. I think it's the fully guaranteed. No, yes. no player no, 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 no. has had I, a fully guaranteed I, contract. Yeah, Kirk Cousins has. As he had it at three years, 90-something million. But but I, I hear what you're saying. I think the timing of that guarantee was after the contract was sputtering with the Falcons because on Friday night, I think it was Friday night, it was going to be announced, the trade to the Falcons on Friday night. Something happened, and then when coming to read up on an article, 
It was the language that the Falcons changed in the contract if he were to be suspended by the NFL or something else come out on this that was a negative impact to his playing time where he'd be suspended or in jail. And Watson's like, whoa, I'm not, I'm not signing that deal. I'm not, I'm not signing that deal. And by putting the pause on that allowed Cleveland then to swoop in with a sweetheart of a deal because yeah, now, to your point, they were painted in the corner. And Watson's like, I mean, I would, my eyes would have been like that too. I think $153 million guaranteed or something like that. Uh, yeah, and, and he went to Cleveland. But in, in fairness, the Falcons blew it. The Falcons blew their chance with that offset language. And, and don't forget, if there was or if there will be a suspension, they've been, they were able to reduce the salary for that first year. Right. So kind of goes to what the Falcons it, just craziness, absolute craziness, how, how that went down. Uh, but then it leaves Baker, you know, where's Baker Mayfield, right? Former number one pick 2018. So, you know, he's playing or this is the last year of that, you know, yeah. rookie deal. Mm -hmm. uh, but where does he go? You know, what, what happens to him? He's a legitimate quarter. He's a he is a legitimate starting quarterback in this league. And now yeah. he finds I am not a fan of Baker Mayfield. I was not a fan of as his in college. I didn't like him coming in the NFL. I always and this is I mean, he's better than it. I always thought of Baker Mayfield was Johnny Manziel. I looked at Baker and I saw Johnny Manziel. For some reason I couldn't get out of my head. That's what I saw. It's unfair because Johnny Manziel is goes down and Laura is one of the worst picks in, in that the Browns could ever make. Maybe any right, yeah, the money thing, right? He just wasn't mature enough and, and all that. But I just didn't – I'm not a Baker fan. Uh, but there was something about Baker. He was, at times, a spark plug. Um, he was a tough guy. He he played through injury, like you said. He does have characteristics that you would want out of your starting quarterback. Where does he go? I That is the million-dollar question. Where does he go? Yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting situation. Especially because the jobs of it, it, it's it's it, it's you know drying up, the spots are drying up. You, you're like, what, what was that game you used to play with the chairs? And you always had one less chair than the people oh, going in the musical prison? chairs, musical chairs, right? That's what Baker is because those chairs, it, it's it's the chairs are disappearing, right? You got all these quarterbacks now in a spot, and he's going to be the last man standing, probably sitting on a bench, um, and whatnot. And now, I do think if he gets cut, he's going to get gobbled up really quick. I just don't know if the teams are willing to pony up a draft pick. Uh, so the question is, though, you still got Jimmy G out there, right? Um, and so they're talking about where he, where is he going to go? Now you have Matt Ryan out there, right? Well, actually, Ryan, Ryan filled the spot. So let me let me take a step back. You had Matt Ryan out there. You had Baker Mayfield saying, "I want to go to the Colts," right? <laughs> Frank Rex says. I'll take Matt Ryan, right? This old guy <laughs> who, who I can get maybe two years out of instead of taking you. Interesting situation with Matt Ryan going to the Colts. I'm not a I, Matt I think, Ryan fan. Never was. I wasn't a fan of his at BC. Wasn't a fan of him in Atlanta. I, I just not a fan. If I, if I was the Colts, I really would have looked hard, strong and hard at Baker. You know, it's interesting. I, I think in what they're trying to do, I think for whatever reason, they think Matt Ryan could take this veteran team and bring him over the top um, because 
maybe they look at him as more seasoned. I'm with you. I'm not a huge Matt Ryan guy. He's had some decent fantasy football seasons years ago, but at the end of the day of being a winner, I, I don't look at him in, in that in that in that sense. Mm-hmm. What's odd from the Colts is you went from Philip Rivers to Carson Wentz, and now you're going to Matt Ryan. And when you think of Philip Rivers was 38, right? And then you sandwich Carson Wentz, who we all know was kind of was kind of garbage. Thanks, Doc. And then and, and now you're going to old man Ryan. It, it doesn't make sense. At what point are you trying to what, what at what point what are you trying to do about moving your franchise forward with a younger quarterback and something to build with? I I, I don't you, you, you see what happens. And, and, and thanks, Doc. Appreciate it. Uh, but you see what happens. You bring up Carson Wentz's name. <laughs> and it's look great, who baby. Show, look who it's shows great. up. <laughs> well, I, you know what's funny is I don't know about Jay being a Carson Wentz fan now that he's in his division, right? So and we'll talk about that in a second, I'm sure. But yeah, I, I'm with you on the Matt Ryan. I'm confused of you got a quarterback for two years and then you're in that game again. If you got a good young team that's going to be competitive for years, why wouldn't you bring a quarterback to that kind of matches that age that you can they can get you know seven eight years or, or if not more out of the quarterback if he stays healthy? I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So you know, let's Matt Ryan can't hold on to a Super Bowl lead. We all know that. So uh, you really think he's going to be magic for the Colts? Exhibition game again. If we have to start the season right, start it correct. Exhibition game lead. Say it with me. Exhibition game league. <laughs> All right. So we did mention Carson Wentz. Uh, how he is still in the league as a starter is beyond me. Right? It, again, look at all the different quarterbacks. I'll take Garoppolo over Wentz, even though Garoppolo pulled a, a Carson Wentz in the playoffs. <laughs> right? But I'll take Garoppolo over Wentz. And I definitely would take Baker Mayfield. We just talked about him. I would take him over Wentz. How Carson Wentz is still there, I, I have no idea. So is there, so, so, is there buyer remorse now with with the commandos? What are they called? The commanders. Yeah, not uh, going commando, but yes. <laughs> are they having buyer's remorse by making that trade when they can say, mm, maybe, maybe Baker is a better one? Maybe, you know. Well, he, he, I can't believe you can be excited about Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was traded to a team that was ready to go. It, right? They had the defense. Jonathan Taylor was an up and coming, had an amazing year. They're ready to go. Carson Wentz held that team back. He did. Well, it just tells you you can't win with a game manager, and he's not even a game manager. But what is Washington seeing saying, oh, I can fix that? I'll take Tyler Heineke over Carson Wentz. Yeah, I I, I don't understand the, the love affair uh, of that. And then Frank Wright calls Ron Rivera after the trade and say, "Hey, you got a good one there." So <laughs> did they want to keep him? I don't understand. So he's a good one, but not good enough for your team. And to, but it, but it probably tells you is that the GM and the owner and some other players on the team probably had a lot to say about not wanting Wentz on that team. Frank Wright probably liked him. And then everybody said, no, he's got to go. Yeah, and said, for, yeah for it sure. is what it is. Yeah, for sure. And so then the last quarterback, and Doc, I even forgot about you. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to that one in a second. The last one that we want to talk about as far as the quarterback carousel is you got to let Russ cook. You got to let Russ cook. 
And, and so that relationship between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson definitely had the big divide, right? We knew it, right? Mm-hmm. It, it may go all the way back to the great interception by the Butler, right? The Butler sure. did it. Yep. It, it could go back <laughs> that it could go back that far. Yep. I I really don't understand. I don't understand why there was there there was such a, a disconnect between Carroll and Wilson, though, right? And it was over. I want to have more say into the play calling. I want to have more say into what the offense is doing. You know, you wanted to have a little bit of a ground game, but yet you were still throwing the ball all over the place to Metcalf and to Lockett. And, you know, the offense w- was humming for a little bit, and then all of a sudden the defense got bad. Right, you didn't replace Legion of Boom. That that's really what happened there, right? You lost it up front, and somehow it goes back to Wilson. I'm not a huge Russell Wilson fan. I'm not a huge Russell Wilson fan, but I thought that he was doing what he needed to do. The offense just seemed to have that big disconnect. Stories comes out by players that they felt that Russell Wilson checked out. At some point during the season, halfway through the season, he checked out and he said, you know, I think basically he was done at that point. Um, so obviously there is there's dissension in that clubhouse between Carroll and Wilson. We all knew it was coming. This was the second year, right? It started last year and mm-hmm. the previous year what, in, in campaign uh, 2020. It started at the end of the season. So it was a, an eventual split. Uh, the question is, we, did, did the Seahawks get the better end of the deal, right? Should you have kept Wilson and got rid of Carroll? instead of keeping Carroll and trading Wilson. But I will tell you, and I think you agree, is Seattle got a hell of a trade. They did. For a 10-year for a 10 a 10-year vet, right? You can possibly say his better years are beyond him and you got to haul back five picks and three players. Um, I, I thought it was a good trade by the Seattle Seahawks to kind of build back that team. But I really do think they w- if if Watson would have went to Seattle Seattle makes that trade to bring Deshaun Watson in to replace Russell Wilson. I, I, I firmly believe that. I think that was because they got all that draft capital back, so they would just get a much younger quarterback and maybe one that Cal feels is more of a fit. But, again, I think Watson made the right decision to pull him off the table because he's probably saying to himself, if Russell Wilson didn't want to be there anymore, what makes you think I'm going to have a better experience there because I'm a thrower, right? I'm a, I'm a 4,500-yard-year passer. And you're going to want to put the ball in the running back's hand and, and kind of not use Lockett and Metcalf and, and all that. So I, I think Watson made the best right move of staying away from Seattle and vetoing sure. that, that particular trade. Sure. Well, what, we'll see. They have what Drew Locke, uh, who I think is going to hold down the fort. We will talk about the draft, this coming draft uh, in, in future podcasts. Uh, but I will say that right now it looks like – Malik Willis is, is headed there. I mean, they, they're they primed to take him. Nice replacement. Locke holds down the fort for probably half the season. And then after that, then you'll start to see, you know, the rookie come in. And this kid, from, from all accounts, is a clone of Josh Allen. He really is. Uh, he's got the arm strength. I mean, if you watch him at the Combine, I mean, just throwing dimes, but like 70, 75 yards in the air. Yeah, he, he, yeah I saw a little bit of that. His, the Jet fans, of course, were, were yapping about with Zach Wilson. They were saying he's trying to copy Zach Wilson. And, 
and, and, and these guys are saying, well, you stop. He's not trying to copy Zach Wilson. But I will say for him to get to the 70 yards, he had to he had to do the hop, the hop crow to get it to 70 yards where Josh Allen, I know when Zach threw his ball, he just threw it off the back foot for 65 yards. Like So his arm strength, I'm sure he can throw it as a bullet, but his deep throw is not. Dude, what are you talking about? You didn't we'll, see it then. We'll, we'll, bring, the video? Vi- we'll bring the videos. Yeah, up bring the video. And you'll, I saw the video today. They did a side-by-side comparison. The, uh, the arm strength on this it's kid not, is unreal. It's, it, 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 it's good, but it's not It's oh. not Josh Allen. It's not. It's not. You well, watch, watch no, no, nobody's better than Josh. Not even Patrick right. Mahomes. And going. speaking of Patrick Mahomes, well, actually, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Uh, so Doc asked a question. What's the story behind the exhibition game? Sour grapes, Doc. It's sour sour grapes. grapes, I mean, give it to you in a nutshell, right? When you look at what they call, quote, unquote, the Super Bowl, right? First of all, historically, the championship game has always been the most exciting game, right? It's, It's the two teams, the two best teams in the conference going at it. And typically, there's always... Uh, kind of a, a, a divide between the conferences, between the AFC and the NFC. And we've seen this throughout the years. Now, there's been upsets, sure. But what happens is there's not a lot of fanfare for the uh, when you talk about the championship game, right? There, there's more hype, certainly, than the divisional rounds or wild card. But, you know, it kind of stops right there. When you go to what they call the Super Bowl, everything goes off the rails, right? You have parties. You have special dinners. You have media day. You have all these different events, right? The tickets, the tickets, right, are astronomical, right? It, it takes away the fans. And it really just becomes, and it really does just become an exhibition game, right? It's two teams that are going out there. They haven't played for a couple weeks, you know, and then they go out there and they play. But the real football, that real game, that was two weeks before, right, for each conference. And so that's why I call it an exhibition game. So that they, there's the story behind that. And I, I see my co-host over there making faces and, and going through it. He knows it's true, right? What look, happens look, What happens look, after that championship game? It look, goes off the rails. As soon as the team that doesn't have a Super Bowl trophy in their case, as soon as they get one, then it won't be called an exhibition game anymore. It will I, be called the Super Bowl. I, I will always call it an exhibition game. I'll believe that when I see it. Now, if you can win the championship game, if you can win the if you can win your championship game, that's a ring to remember. That is a ring to remember. So nope. if, if you can get four of those in a row, yeah, <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> now you're talking. That's a real team. That's a real dynasty. Four of those. Anyways, Stevie D. I wish I had four of those, though. I will say that. I wouldn't, I don't know if I would trade four of those for the actual Lombardi trophy, but it would be nice to, to go to more than one Super Bowl, at least me for see, see one of them in, you know, in my lifetime. So I will give you that. Exhibition game, but okay. So, Stevie D, we, we have all kinds of segments, all kinds of new things that we have going on. And guess what? There, there, there you go. I see you rocking out. It, it is Jets time. Go ahead, Stevie D. This, this is your time. 
Well, you know, it, I think the offseason okay, that Jeff- thank, thank you very much. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the 24 season. <laughs> Grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> so, but but in, in 21, we have more uh, going into 22, we have more optimism in 22 than we did in 21. Um, I, I think uh, JD, uh, Joe Douglas, the GM, uh, has done a really good job. You know, the, the Jets are not at the Buffalo level. They're not at the Chiefs level. They're not at, at the Chargers level, right? So you, you have to build back up. And I'm glad they didn't go out and throw crazy money at, at some free agents. Um, they did smart, small deals, low money, keep the cash flow going for year after year as you're starting to build this up and, and give yourself flexibility in your cap going forward as you get better because you're hoping to get better. So when I, when I look at it, one, there was a couple of important re-signings, right? We, we re-signed I, Braxton Barrios. He's, he's a, he's a, like a little bit of a leader there, all pro returner. He can be in the slot. He, he was a good down back on, on third down. He's just a good receiver of the ball. Uh, I, I like that re-signing. Um, uh, but when we get to the offensive side of the ball, when you think of some of the struggles the Jets had last year, the offensive line, right? But Becton went down, and and then we moved George Fant over left tackle. Did a great job, but we left the hole on the right side, right? And so now you're you're bringing in others to kind of mix and match. But you know, going into 22, now you're going to have a healthy Becton, who's part of his problem was he was overweight. He he got injured, got overweight, did not prepare himself, and that's why he didn't come back because his body was in shape to come back. And the Jet says you're not going on the football field like that. You're you're out of shape. So he got there with a new trainer. There's some photos coming out with him. He's he's actually looking pretty good. He's working hard. I think the message was received. So if Becton comes back and gives us what we expect out of left tackle, we're good there. We got Vera Tucker, a center, uh, is, is mm, not the greatest. But right guard, we signed from the 49ers, Lake, Lakeland Tomlinson. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. Vera yeah. Tucker, wasn't he a rookie last year? Yeah, he did really well. He did really well as a guard. Okay. okay. Really well. Uh, very happy with him. A uh, little bit of a slow start because of a slower training camp, right? Didn't get a lot of reps. So it was a little slow out the gate, maybe the first couple of weeks, but then really, really solidified himself as a good run blocker, pass blocker. We're, we're really excited about Vera Tucker and his future. But the right guard, we had a rotten guard. I, I mean, Van Rotten at our right guard position, and he was terrible, terrible, right? And so – with like three, four weeks left in the season, we, we turned it over to Tardif, right? So, but and he did okay, but the Jets went out, got the guy from the 49ers, Lakeland um, Tomlinson, signed him to a three year deal, and now George Frank gets to move back to his right tackle spot. So, from an offensive line, from a wall perspective, this is really our best offensive line since 08, 09, 010 when we had um, Mangold at center, Ferguson, Fanica. Damian Woody and Brandon Moore. That was really – we had a really good running game. We were averaging 160 yards per game with Rex. Everything was great. So we're creating that wall again, which is really important for Zach Wilson, right? He's got to have time to, to, to see the field and make plays. So I was really happy with that signing. A couple of surprise signings that really kind of caught me off guard. I thought they were going to go and look to upgrade the wide receiver spots, but they really chose to hit the tight end market. And and I really thought they, they had some really good acquisitions with – um, CJ uh, Uzama from Cincinnati on a three-year, uh, $24 million deal. And then last week, late in free agency, in that last, you know, first week of free agent frenzy, uh, Tyler Conklin from uh, the Vikings, who replaced um, Rudolph mm-hmm. the year before with the Vikings. 
And, and Conklin, not only is he becoming a really weapon, catching the ball and getting downfield and showing some speed and watching the tape on him, the pass blocking that he brings is really great from the tight end. Really, he's a really great pass blocking tight end. And for, for the Jets, when you look at the Jets last year, some of the main issues they had, they couldn't get uh, in man coverage. They were the worst team in the NFL with man coverage. The worst uh, ranked team in man coverage because they couldn't get separation. And the other thing they were worst in the NFL was, was tight end and running back pass blocking. Worst in the NFL. Now, when your offensive line is not playing that great and you can't get help from your running back and your tight end, that's really an issue. So Conklin really helps the pass blocking side of it as well. Not only can he catch it and run with it, he can actually pass block. So we really got a, a dual threat there, if you will, out of the tight end spot. Um, you know, we brought back a couple other places like Nathan Shepard, defensive line. We lost Fadakasi, but we brought oh, back hold Nathan. On, hold on, before you jump to the defensive side. So yeah. just one of the struggles that I saw from the Jets last year uh, was just the receiving position. Right, you well, you mentioned you mentioned Barrios, but you have Elijah Moore, right? You have Denzel, you have Denzel Mims. Uh, you you know again, you talked about Barrios. You, Crowder is gone, so Corey Davis. You have Corey Davis as the one. Elijah has the two right now. Um, and Mims is the wild card because we don't know what's going to happen with him. He was a no-show last year. There was some issues with him and and the coaches, and I don't know if they're going to get that figured out in year two of this offense. Um, you have, um, but it's a rich, uh, it's a rich draft for wide receivers. Yeah. You have the early pick, which everybody says, uh, it's either between Stingley at corner maybe, or going to offensive line. Do you see that second pick going to wide receiver? I, I see the jets have four picks in the top 40. What I, what I think is going to happen. They're going to grab three defensive players and a wide receiver in the top 40. How how that plays out and how the boards fall, you know, when you're picking four and ten, you know, you can get a playmaker on defense and a playmaker on offense in the top ten. I don't think they're going to go line. I thought they were going to look at, at Kennard, at a, I think it's Kentucky, at offensive guard. But when you signed Tomlinson, I don't think you're going to go guard in the first or second round. You may pick up a guard later on in the draft in, in the fifth or sixth round, but I, I don't see that. I see them going – Safety corner, even though we got some safeties, but it's still I, I can see them going safety, but it's it's going to be corner. I think is going to be the, the big need. We 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 need corners, and especially now in this division, you need corners to cover. And uh, where I know we signed um, obviously on the defensive side of the ball, since we're kind of moving on, we signed DJ Reed, right? Uh, I thought it was a great signing at three years, thirty three, uh, from Seattle. Um, he had an injury the year before. He had a solid year last year, and like he said out of his mouth, he felt disrespected by the, by the uh, Seahawks with a low offer uh, to retain him because he actually had a very good year at Seattle. So I'm excited about that. And we plucked Jordan Whitehead, which I thought was a really good signing from Tampa Bay, the safety, um, who's actually the cousin of Darrell Rivas. Um, oh, is he? And, yeah, yeah. So, uh, But I thought, again, it was a great signing. And we re-signed LaMarcus Joyner. Notably with the Rams before the Jets, he got hurt week one within like the first three minutes of the game and he was out for the year. And so he's coming back on a one-year deal healthy. And so I'm, I'm kind of liking the DJ Reed, LaMarcus Joyner, Whitehead. We're kind of shoring, shoring up the, the, you know, the middle of the field. We got DJ Reed on one side. We got Bryce Hall. And I still think we're, I think Stingley's on the table. Although I'm not happy with the, with the uh, Liz Frank injury. 
Mm-hmm. And Sauce Gardner, right? Uh, I, I think is a is a is an opportunity from Cincinnati to come in at, at a high a high pick too for the Jets. Um, I, I think I like Gardner a little bit more than than Stingley only because of Stingley's injury it makes me nervous. That Liz Frank injury makes me nervous um, and such. So from the the other side too on defense, we also signed um, uh, Jacob Martin from the Texans. Texans fans are not real happy they let him go. It seemed like he was about to start to come into his own. He was a slow starter coming out of college, and he's been picking up speed and getting pressures on the quarterback. And I really thought the Jets kind of got a steal at three years at $13.5 million for a kid that each year is getting stronger and stronger. And hopefully with, with the Jets' defense and how they're going to work it this year, they can work him in, in some pass rush situations because we do have Carl Lawson coming back, who we lost in training camp um, with, with the uh, Achilles. He's going to come back fully healthy because he's had plenty of time to rehab and all that because it, it happened in training camp. He's going to come back. So we got that edge rusher. Um, I can see the Jets going edge at four, right, to, to improve the defense. You can't, you can't have enough pass rushers, right, especially when you got guys like um, uh, uh, Josh Allen, right? I mean, think about it. He's the, you know, he's the class of the AFC East. We're, we're in your head. We're in your head. No, but but it's the truth, right? You got to get to these quarterbacks. You got to get them, and you got to get them moving. You can't keep these quarterbacks sitting back there and picking you apart like that happened, you know, last year with, with Josh Allen, right? Killing the Jets defense. So, um, I just like the direction they're going. I think outside of still look at the Jets as a mess of an organization because you don't really hear and talk about the Jets or, or know enough about them. But if you look at what Joe Douglas has done, he's really putting together really smart contracts to get us flexibility. Yes, we are not an elite team. We are not a team, a 10-win team. We are a four-win team. Maybe we can get to seven, maybe to eight, depending on the drafts, how these kids play. Maybe you can get to eight wins. But, again, that's a stepping stone to year three under Robert Sala and with Joe Douglas, and then maybe you take that next step. So I do like the building blocks they're building, but it's like everybody says, you can talk about it all day long. It's what you do on the field, and that's what we got to see. We still got, we got to see improvement from Robert Sala as a coach. To see him grow and make better decisions as a coach in game, uh, and make better adjustments on certain things, but I, I do like that the Jets are improving, and I, I am like every year you're excited, but even more sure. so this year because I thought the signings were really good signings, really smart decisions. I thought they brought in high energy kids that are hungry, that still have something to prove after this contract, after these three year contracts, they can still get a payday. So they have a lot to continue to grind and get better so they can get another another paycheck. So I think they were really smart moves by the Jets. And, uh, again, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you mentioned a lot of good things there. Um, I think the biggest thing for that I can see for the Jets going forward is all the names you mentioned that are coming off of injury, right? You guys were snake bit all of 2021. Um really saw it in the secondary, but, you know, all throughout the whole roster. I mean, even the rookie quarterback, Wilson, right? He missed time with injury. And so, you know, that's one of the keys. One of, one of the things that I, I've started to hear, you know, teams have always put a, a high importance to the training staffs, right? But you're starting to see it even more now, right? And, and coaches and organizations are trying to understand how certain franchises can – go the season, I'm not going to say injury-free, but not to the extent where, you know, you're losing hundreds of game time yeah. 
from yeah. these players, yeah. right? And yeah. so and, it, and the, it all goes back to that. And the Jets, this is not just a one-year problem with the Jets, and this is what's frustrating from Jet fans, is that you can trace this all the way back to, to 2019, 2018. We have not been healthy. And, you know, you can use excuses as an organization. Well, we lost all these players and fans. And I've said it before, right? How can you play when you have 30 people on IR, right? It's hard. But where is your front office getting people that can stay on the field? And where is your training staff to help prevent it? So, you know, the, the big thing for the Jets is great. You signed all these players, but can they stay healthy to be on the field this year? Mm-hmm. And that, that is still the very big concern as a Jet fan as a whole. Great, great guys that we picked up. Right, really not injury bug kind of guys, but you know what? We're going to see because either they Carl Lawson, and all of a sudden he goes down with an Achilles in camp, and it's just like, oh, man, here we go again. We didn't even get on the on, in a preseason game when we lost our top edge rusher, and that was so deflating because you had a guy coming in on a fourteen sack season. You're like, okay, if we can get ten out of him and, and cause some havoc, that's really going to help us. No, we lose him in, in training camp. So, but that's been the story of the Jets, and, and we got to get past this as an organization, and we really do. Or Again, we're going to be a four to five win team, and and everybody's going to be saying it. Well, if we were healthy, we would have done it. Well, you know what? We're not healthy, so you, you got to figure it out. So hopefully, so, this is the year. So Stevie D, everybody, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, in high school you have you have the the freshman game, then you have the JV game, then you have the varsity game, right? Yep. And yep. so here at OW Sports, you know, we we had the freshman game. That was talking about Watson and all the quarterbacks. Then we had the JV game. That that was talking about the Jets. Well, now it's time for the main event. The Bills make me wanna Shout. kick your heels up and shout. Yeah, baby, it is time for the main event. Uh, you know, nice nice to hear about the. The, the team in green, but America's the real America's team is on the board. I don't know where to start. You know, I, many of my bills, brethren, right. Have gone through um, the stages of grief, right. It is still, it resonates still from the, just the debacle. I mean, there's been videos that have come out, right. Where there's honestly, it doesn't mean nothing. The chiefs lost that the next game. So, well, that's what it hurts to, even more. To, to, to us, it, it's the fact of what happened. You had it, right? Uh, you snatched victory from the jaws of – or you snatched uh, defeat from the jaws of victory, right? It, you had it. How did you lose it, right? And what do you do going forward? And sometimes, sometimes you will see teams, they, they can never recover, Right. And I will say, and, and it, it really epitomizes the city of Buffalo, right? It's that mentality of never giving up and keep going forward. And, again, we talked about the four championships. Yeah, they didn't win the exhibition game back then that I did call back then the Super Bowl. They didn't win that, that exhibition game, but they came back, right? The hunger, the desire, the knowing that the job wasn't done, and they didn't get it done the next year, but they came back. And they came back, right? It's the resiliency. And you're seeing that in in the team now, right? The team are you, is are you though? Did you, you go did you go further last year than you, the year before? You, you are seeing it, right? And how you're seeing it, because you saw what happened in the Texans game a few years ago in the playoffs. You saw how they took that next step. They went to Kansas City, right? 
And the, one of the biggest things that people don't understand is that there's a maturation process. Yes, you can have teams that kind of uh, skip or cheat the process, but it never works out well for them because usually their fall after cheating is far and they can never recover. What we have seen now is a team that is learning how to win, learning how to get there and understanding what it takes. They have identified their weaknesses. They identified some of the holes that they have. I mean, think about it. When you start talking about a team that is being led by Josh Allen, right, who for all intents and purposes was an MVP caliber season two years ago, an MVP caliber season last year, and now you look at where, where we are, not only have you added to his repertoire, you've seen the development of different people. You know, people were worried about or are saying, you know, Buffalo needs to get a wide receiver. No, I don't. I have a guy that went for eight for 200 with four touchdowns in, in, in a divisional playoff game. I have a guy who, you know, his rookie year, and I'm talking about Gabriel Davis, in his rookie year was making key catch, key catch, key catch, right? Time after time after time. You saw him on the sidelines. You saw him in the back of the end zone. So you have that threat and he can go deep on you. He can play across the middle. He, he can run the intermediate routes. Yet I have an all pro on the other side and Stefan Diggs, right? Who can do anything, can route run, who can go deep. He can be your secure hands on the third down. You have all of that. But you identify a cancer, right? And to me, was truly a cancer in Cole Beasley, right? They needed to let him go, right? Not only the cap hit, but just what you were bringing to the organization, right? You you jeopardized that team. We already knew what the rules that were going to place from the NFL, and they pulled that back. And they were, you know, they let it slide for last year, but they pulled that back. You got to go. And who's waiting in the wings? Isaiah McKenzie. Great, great move for them to, you know, have faith and show faith with the contract to Isaiah McKenzie. But then I like from, that kid. From a like free agent game. move, you know, you go and you get Jamison Crowder, right? He, great he, pickup. Great pickup. Absolutely, right? Here's a guy who, who's got all the tools, can play in the slot. And so now, depending how the formations you want to go, right, if you want to play 11 or you want to play 12, depending on what you want to do there, uh, you have the ability now with Jamison Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie out there, put him in different roles, put him in different positions, maybe move him into the backfield, be able to let Josh be able to see, you know, are they playing man? Are they playing zone, right? You, you're being able to do all those pre-snap reads in, in very quiet and very subtle moves right there, right? But you had the big splashes as well, right? One one of the big splash on, on offense, which, you know, I, I was – I don't like the team that drafted him, right? <laughs> but I like the guy coming out of college, and I'm talking about – OJ, right? Not not the guy behind me. I'm talking about OJ Howard, right? This kid from Alabama, right? Put his skills, you know, on, on display in the biggest stage of national championship game, right? And that really raised his stock, you know. And, and so the Tampa Bay selected him. Never really did a lot there in Tampa Bay, right? Never was given him really an opportunity to to shine like he, that. Right? He was he wasn't. Right behind behind Cameron Brake first, and then behind Gronk, and you know now you're third on the depth chart. Uh, you would see some time based on injuries, and he did okay. It wasn't anything great, but I still think that what he brings to the table 
really will propel the offense because now you're able, again, we talked about McKenzie, we talked about Crowder, but now you add a tight end that can kind of stretch that defense. You're going to start forcing those safeties to make decisions, right? Are you going to have that nickel corner or that, or, or that safety come up on Howard or come up on Knox, right? So now I got both tight ends. That's going to leave Davis and that's going to leave Dix with one-on-one coverage. It just opens up the offense. It's, so seeing taking that next step, look at where you were deficient in 2021 and start moving it there. But, you know, that offense was already high powered, right? So that, that, that that's, you're just tinkering it and, and put shining, but, you know, putting a, a coat of wax right on that Roush, right? You like that? So yeah. that's all you're doing there. But you realize that there's some other things that you need to address under the hood, right? And that's on the defensive side of the ball. And let me tell you, Stevie D, it, it was it was like Christmas would not stop, right? I was the seven-year-old who came downstairs, looked under the tree, and what do I see, right? I see Shaq Lawson, who I'm just so happy is coming back. I see Jordan Phillips, right, who said that he didn't miss a Bills game, even though he wasn't playing for the Bills, right? A huge contributor, didn't want to leave. These are both guys that really wanted to be with the Bills, went elsewhere, and they're glad to be home. Yeah, I was very happy to see that. I Then I started to see some other things. I, all of a sudden, Tim Settle, right, coming from the commanders, right? He's all excited. He's all in Bills Mafia, right? A guy in the middle next to Ed Oliver is really going to wreak havoc. But there's one name you know I haven't talked about. <laughs> there's one name I haven't talked about. No, it's not Daquan Jones, who's also going to be a big part of that rotation. <laughs> I'm talking about Von Miller. Oh, oh. there it Unbelievable. is. There it is. I didn't see it coming at all, Stevie D. I did not see it coming. I don't know if anybody saw that coming, to be honest with you. I think Except for one person. Who? Except for Brandon Bean. Who it, now? You have to take what they say, and according to Brandon Bean, this was his target, right? My target was Chandler Jones, right? I was like, I'm all in on Chandler Jones. The media knew that I was all in on Chandler Jones because they were talking about it all day, right? They were like, you got to get Chandler Jones, you got to get it, you got to get it, you got to get it, right? And you knew you needed the edge, but you bring in Bun, and, and I was a little concerned about the age, right? We talked, right? I was mm -hmm. like. You know, you get an older guy. But, you know, I look at what he can bring, and I look what he's done over the last few years, right? It has been nothing but, you know, production, 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 right? And you add that to the other pieces that you have, right? That's only going to make your linebackers better, and it's going to make your secondary better. And that's where I'm concerned is in the secondary, right? Because you lost Levi Wallace going to the Steelers. Not happy with the deal because I thought that the deal that Levi Wallace got paid was something that we could afford. We could move some money around to keep him, right? Somebody that knows the system and, and has been very productive in the system. And when you look at Trey White, we don't know when he's going to be back, right? With that injury, it could be October. It could be November. So you really don't know. And that's half to three-quarters of the season that he's still – and then, he, then he's got to get in football shape. Right. And then after getting football shape, so it's not an easy transition. Really, you could look at Trey playing his best football in 2022 in December. Right. Or January. Go ahead. Right. So Levi Wallace left. 
on, on a on a deal that the Bills could have matched. So he leaves to bring in Sarayan Neal on a so three-year you, contract. Is that is that well, an upgrade Saran, in the talent? Saran, Saran's already been on the team, so he's not. Oh, a he's a resign. He's a yeah. resign. Yeah, okay. and, and he's played well for us. Um, but you know, I with the is way he going to step up and replace Levi Wallace? Is that the game plan? Like he well, goes and takes I, that spot. I don't. I don't know where Brandon Bean's head is at. Right. So when you say is that the game plan, I don't know where his head is at. In my head, <laughs> my head, when I'm looking at where we're drafting, in the way I'm looking, the way the board is shifting, and you know, on March 23rd, who knows what's going to happen leading up, right? Things change. But you know, I really do see that if the Bills go after um, a corner in the first round, that would be your day one starter, right? Um, what what's going to happen on the other side? We still have guys in house that can step up, right? Um, you have um, there's still some free agents that are out there. I'm not happy with the free agent class overall from a cornerback position, but there are still some guys that, that you can pick. I think what they're looking at is there's two things: they're looking at character, right, and then they're they're looking at situational production, right? How does it fit into the scheme? You know, if we, we are a zone team, we don't play a lot of man. So, you know, is it a good zone fit for that individual? Uh, when we do go through, um, when we do go through our draft analysis and, you know, what's going to come up for the draft, I'll talk a little bit more. I do have one guy in, I probably, you know, depending on which GM in the NFL is listening to OW Sports right now, not sure. So I probably should not put this name out there, but I really do like this kid, Kair Elam, out of University of Florida. Perfect corner, fits the situation, was a lockdown there with the Gators. He could step in day one and, you know, be a solid corner. Now, there, there's other guys out there, McDuffie, that, you know, and Goodrich and some, some other guys that are out there that probably will come down into that 25 spot. Uh, but it's such so much in flux. But can, can you see the Buffalo Bills making a trade up to get a stronger corner, or you think they're just going to settle in at 25? Or you think they could maybe move up if, if person's sliding? You, can you see them moving up maybe to 20 if their guy was still there? Or, or you think Bean is just going to get I, I, I don't think there's a need to move. And, okay. you know, we, when, you, when you say to get a solid corner, I the corners that I'm referring to in various years would be top 15 picks, right? It's so wide receiver heavy. So defensive edge rusher heavy, right? The league, oh, yeah. mind, the league mindset is changing. That different players are shifting on the board, right? And you have the quarterbacks normally, right? In a draft, quarterbacks dominate the top five, right? I don't think that's going to happen this year. No, based on the teams that are drafting in the top ten, don't have the need. And then there's only one or two quarterbacks really that are coveted. I think the quarterbacks go at nine, right? That's where I have Seattle, Seattle, as I told you earlier, getting Willis. And then it kind of trickles down. So it, it all is a domino effect as to where players and positions are slotted. And so I think when you start to see that the, the cornerback position, maybe that you would have had a couple in the top 10, all of a sudden that shifts down maybe to 15 to 25 15 to 30 but the, it's there's about four or five guys that are definitely day one number one picks 
And, you know, we will have a chance to, to go after one of those guys. There's so much that I could go on about Stevie D. You know, you know, I love my Buffalo Bills, but that's just a little bit inside. I do see that we had a couple notes in here, um, you know, especially as I was going through it. You know, Jay wants to come back and say, you need a running back. Well, I really don't because we addressed the offensive line. Uh, I, I'm very happy and competent with, with Devin Singletary. I did have interest in in um, I did have interest in Leonard Fournette, just my kind of running back, right? Ultimately resigning. I also did like Cordero Patterson, right? Because I thought you know a Swiss Army knife type guy, right, would be good to have it. But you know, you never know what Isaiah McKenzie's going to bring, right? Because you can put him in there. I don't know if he's big enough to handle that type of load, but certainly you can use him in that flex option. And then they signed Duke Johnson, right? That that was a recent signing. Nice pickup. Add him to the stable, right? Provides that little change of pace and that flexibility. So, you know, you may not have the, the bright, light, shiny name, right? But I think you have a competent stable of running backs back there. And But it does look like Zach Moss may be transitioning kind of into a different role with the Bills. Uh, maybe more into a special team similar to a Taiwan Jones. That'll be interesting to see what happens. And then, you know, Stevie D, I see Docs in over six years though, and certainly that's in reference to the that's in reference to the contract for Vaughn Miller. You, you can't read what they put on paper, Doc. You know that that's that's all flash and grab. You know they're going to get through the first two seasons. They're going to yeah. reevaluate, especially based on age. They're going to reevaluate the production. There's going to be a meeting with the agent to say, hey, you know, we need to restructure. We need to, you know, maybe in some years, but we'll give you some money here. Next oh, year, I, go ahead. I, I think Vaughn is three and out. And I think when you when you think of trying to move your organization forward, you have Stefan Diggs, you got Josh Allen, you got uh, Ed Oliver's on 50-year contract money. I'm sure they're going to resign him. He's going to get paid. You know, there's only so much big, big money can go around. And and so by the time you get to year four of that contract, I think they're going to shake his hand and say, I appreciate your all your, your time and service at 30, you know, 33, at 35 years old, 36. You're not worth the $20 million. If you want to come back on a Super veteran deal. We can bring you back. Other than that, we're going to part ways because that contract it's going to prohibit the Buffalo Bills to you know resign maybe some players you know in year four, year five, year six. So well, and, I think it's a that's, deal. That that's true. Um, that there's going to be some things that are going to have to be you know that only time will tell, right? Yeah. Where where are you as far as the franchise as far as winning, right? What have you done to you know, has Greg Rousseau stepped up? Has Boogie Basham stepped up? Has what a great name! That's uh, a great name, dude. Boogie, Boogie is a great name. <laughs> has AJ Epinesa stepped up? Right, these are guys that you have inside your organization that, if they have raised their game to a certain level, then you really can look at one and, and you can have that heart to heart to say, "I got guys that are, are producing at such a high level." Right? Yeah, but I, but Von is a three-year. He's not like. Um, he's not a lifer, Bill. Right? Mm -hmm. Where, where, you know, ah, when he's with the Broncos. Ah, ah, ah. Now, now, now that you signed, now that you joined Bill's Mafia, you are a Bill. You, whatever well, happened in the what, past what, what happened I'm, in the past. What I'm when saying you go is, in the Hall no, of Fame, you're going no. in. <laughs> Take on my line, dude. Take on my line. You're killing me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so no, I, 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 it really in the end, it's a, it's a three year deal. I just think you, you move on and you're going to thank him for his service and, and we appreciate everything he did. And hopefully he brings you a, a Super Bowl title in, in I, that I, run. They may, he, but that's what I'm saying. They, they may not part ways. The, there will be restructures certainly put on the table. If he, if he doesn't agree to the restructuring, then yeah, then, then at that point you do. But who knows, right? You get older, your value drops, right? It's that slight. Sure. Yeah. yeah, it does. So, yeah. Yeah, next thing you know, you're you're talking about you had a four million dollar contract, thirty six, thirty seven. You realize yeah. I'm not making that right. But then again, DVD with all these different uh, platforms that are carrying the games, right? You you, you have Amazon and, and YouTube TV and and CBS and NBC and all this nonsense. You know, now all of a sudden, there's more. That salary cap starts rising higher and higher. Sure, but like like the glue always says when he's on the show. I'm referencing Sean Barber, sure. our good buddy, right? Is the NFL, the players association, of the NFL is the weakest out of all the unions, and until they get able to lay that hammer down and say we need more money given towards the players on on the total pot that comes in. That salary cap, I don't think, is going to rise. And I think when they had that work stoppage, they hurt the players because they lost out on twenty to twenty-five million dollars in growth in that cap, which it, it, it stinks. So, yes, I, I agree with you; it's going to grow. And yes, they're going to bring in crazy money from Amazon. I just don't know if we'll see that that big time growth because you have to have some type of growth, right? You like to see twenty to twenty-five million dollars grow, you know, on the cap each year. I don't think it grows that much. I think sixteen to eighteen. I think is that, but it would be nice to see a big, big group. But look, players are getting paid. Yeah, Devontae yeah. Adams. Uh, could I see paying a wide receiver thirty to thirty-five million dollars a year? No. So, so hold on, CBD. This is. Let's just jump into the segment. My head is spinning. Right, my head is spinning. So I will let you start off with Devontae Adams. Go. I, so, which, which I, we hold on. We didn't even get into the Devontae Adams in the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, yeah. What the is, is going on there? I, well, you know, people can spin it any way they want. Now Devontae's saying, "I always wanted to be a Raider. I grew up over there. I was a Raider fan growing up. I wanted an opportunity to play for the Raiders." And the Packers made the deal. Obviously, the Raiders gave him, you know, plenty of draft picks on the way back. But then he signs a five-year, $143 million contract, and I was just like, what in the world just happened here, right? Because now you have just – what the Raiders did is, an, is awful for every team in the NFL because you took a wide receiver position and you moved it to a whole other stratosphere as far as pay. Now, all of a sudden, Tariq Hill sits back and says, hmm, I'm due for a contract next year. Thank you, Devontae Adams. Now I'm just going to put that in my back pocket, and we're, we're going to see how things shake out. And you really – you jumped a tier with the wide receivers. You jumped a whole tier. Think about it. You went from receivers not even really making $20 million a year. You skipped the whole $25 million level, and now you're at $30 million level. You really went from like a, almost like for an elite receiver, you, you jumped it $12 million a year. I, I don't see it. I'm sorry. I, I don't see it by the Raiders paying that money. They paid a lot in draft capital um, over there. Um, 
But I didn't know that Devontae Adams was a teammate of Derek Carr at Fresno State. Mm-hmm. They've always, according to Devontae Adams, they've always talked about joining back up in the NFL again. I guess they were really close in college. So maybe there's a story that with Devontae Adams and, and, and going to. Uh, so so maybe Carr should have gone to Green Bay and they should, maybe they could have uh, not redone that contract for Mr. Aaron Rodgers. I, just the way the whole situation unfolded. I mean, we're, we're talking about what happened in Cleveland, right? We've talked about what happened in Indianapolis and we talked about all over the place. The, the Green Bay one is, is probably one of the funniest ones out there, right? Because you got the prima donna sitting out there saying, you know, first of all, let's go back in time and how you were so upset the way that Brett Favre was handling the situation there in Green Bay. Ted Thompson allowed that to happen back then, right? Now you have a whole new cast of characters and here you are. And what, you, you think that that's what you're supposed to do? First of all, Jordan Love is getting screwed out of this whole thing. Forget Devontae Adams, forget Brett Favre, or forget Aaron Rodgers. You got Jordan Love drafted number one and has, well, he's taken 10 snaps, right? That's it. He sits on the bench. He will forever be a career backup because Aaron Rodgers thinks that he should keep going. But I will give him credit. He's been having MVP type seasons, right? Yeah. Back to back to back MVP. Great regular season. Can't win a playoff game. And, and this is true. But now you're you're sitting at the point, and you know you have so many questions or so many complaints. Your biggest complaint, which I don't disagree with Rogers, your biggest complaint is they don't include you, right? A la taking Jordan Love, and they haven't provided you a top ten skill position in the first round, right? Always going defense or going offensive line or whatever. But you know you're you're stuck with, and not to be stuck with, but you have Devontae Adams, but then you're stuck with. Right, uh, a Vandel, Vandel, Scatling, uh, Lazard, Jake Kumaro, right? You you have these guys that are right, second and tier, second and third tier type guys. And here you are, like, if we could only get, you know, person X, you know, a guy that you could get, guys that have slipped, uh, that could be first round picks, maybe even like a Denzel Mims, right? Or Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore, you got in the second round. They could have taken yeah. him, right? Mm-hmm. These are guys that they passed on, you know, to go somewhere else. And that was Rogers' complaint. And I agree with it, right? It's a very valid complaint. But now you go through all of this. You air your dirty laundry. You go through everything last year, right? You get to this year. Well, you know, who knows? They, they want to have conversations. And they say, well, here's our offer, right? Which they threw the boat at them. And they said, but it's going to, you know, you got to have this signed by Wednesday. So here's Aaron Rodgers signing the name, right? And then the very next day, Devontae Adams is like, I went out. <laughs> well, well he came out and said he was not going to play for the franchise tag money. Right. He wanted he wanted a deal. He felt that he earned it. And more he has, right? He was not a guy that used the media. Aaron Rodgers complaining about all this, this and that, right? Like a like a whiny baby. Right, Adams did everything right. Say what you want to paid. say. Say what you want to I, say. I can't. It's a family show. <laughs> I almost said it. I have to admit, I almost said it. But, um, yeah, baby. <laughs> right, and 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 honestly, I don't know how you pay Devonte Adams, which they didn't, thirty million dollars a year, and Aaron Rodgers fifty million dollars a year, and have eighty million dollars tied into two players. You cannot build a successful team that way. You just can't do it, and so. Well, you know, and, and actually, that's, I'm that's, quite happy for Devontae Adams. I, 
I don't like QB12, TB12, PED12, whatever you want to call him, right? I don't like him. But I will say, he, like some of the other stars that are out there in their specific sports, they realize that if I want to get to this level, I can't take all the gold. Yeah, right? that's right. I, I've got to take so much, you know, pay me what's right, right? So I'm going to take so much. But that's going to allow us to go give this guy that much and this guy that much, and we're going to be a mega team, right? We're going to be yeah. huge, right? And <laughs> when you go and you sign for all that money, well, you reap what you sow, right? Well, you're, that means you're selfish, right? Because in all fairness, you're making a ton of money in endorsements. Yes, you are. Right? You're making a ton of money in endorsements. Why Why do you have to take the team to the cleaners and really hurt yourself? And, and you know, T, we can say what we want about TB12, but, you know, when you looked at his contract, it was never a Gordy contract. And all he wanted to do was so, bring, give me weapons. We'll win. Just give me weapons. And, and so. Absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. Well, Stevie D, um, it's good to be back. It Absolutely. really is. It's good to be back. The hiatus was good. I enjoyed the hiatus. I needed the time away. Need to work on that golf swing. And so, you know, we got some in. Um, yeah, I may have to skip a couple shows so I can go golf because uh, I, I need to keep the game. I've realized my putting is just so bad. But <laughs> <laughs> with all that said, uh, it's good to be back and it's good to interact um, with all the folks that are out there. You know, we, we really appreciated every, all the support that we got leading up to last year and, you know, starting to see the interaction, which is great, right? This is the best part of it because, you know, we've always talked about the podcast being how we started it, right? It's just two guys that, that for the most part, were sitting on the phone just talking sports, right? Or, or we would sit at a bar or at a restaurant or sometimes at a game just talking sports, right? And it's good to be able to share that with others. And it's good to have them be able to share it with us, right? It's just it's just hanging out, talking sports and having a good time, sharing opinions. Sometimes it may get a little contentious like it did last year, right? Especially when the jealousy from the green all of a sudden wants to infringe on the red, white, and blue. That happens. Right? I can only take so much, man. I can only take so much. <laughs> that, that happens. But that's it. That's what this is all about, right? It's love all over the place, right? And so we're glad to be back. And more than that, we're, we're glad to be back with, with our listeners, with our subscribers, with people interacting. And, and things are changing, right? Getting bigger and better. Hey, I, my boy over here, you know, is becoming the Instagram king, right? Who would have who thunk it, right? Hey, if you're out there, if you're not on our Instagram, OW Sports, check us out on Instagram. Oh, uh, Dana wants to know if we can talk. Hey, we can talk bowling. Dana, if you can tell me who's the number one ranked bowler in the next 10 seconds, we will talk bowling. Because I want to make sure you're not Googling. I'm going to stop you right there. We talked bowling last season, Dana. If you really were watching, we were talking about Petey Virgos from Apopka, Florida. That's right. His father and his family, listeners and watchers to the podcast. Absolutely. Actually, childhood friends, we grew up, but his son is off the chain, right? His son is dominating, was dominating in high school, went to, uh, went in college, won the college championship last year. We, you know, we talked about that. So yeah, Dana, we do talk bowling. So, you know, come on, keep, keep coming at us. We'll even talk some curling. Yeah, if you if you want to talk about throwing that rock, 
It's sweeping the rock. Let's go, baby. We will do it. But uh, no, <laughs> absolutely. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, again, thank you to everybody. We're going to have a great season five. Um, you know, we're going to have more guests. We're going to have, you know, try to expand the topics. We're, we're looking to make some other integrations into the show. So, you know, a, as we keep going, it's key, it keeps maturing. As I said, a man over there, the, the Instagram king is out there you know, getting us advertisements and and getting followers and everything else. So things are just getting out of control. And of course, uh, you can reach us at at OW Sports 12, OW underscore sports, (laughs) OW Sports. We're going to have a full list of the names of there where you can reach us. And really one of the best ways is to hit us on Instagram because when you go to our Instagram profile, there's a link and it will take you to all of our social media platforms really quickly. And you'll be able to interact really quickly from YouTube to Twitter, right? Obviously, Facebook. We have like seven different things out there that you can hit us with if you go to our Instagram at OW Sports. And in our in our bio, we have the link tree, and you click it, and it brings everything up. And, and I think Stevie D is actually starting up his TikTok. So, you know, he could, he could do his dances. You know, he, he'll be in there. So, <laughs> Rito Steve's going to come out. Look out. <laughs> So, all right. Well, it, it's been great. It's been great interacting. It's been great getting back behind the mic. This is fun, right? All love. So, for my co-host Stevie D sitting there in the seat, I'm Vince. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>